this? Um, I'm in the middle of an interview right now, uh, so. No, you. Ah, it's fine. I don't get. All right, well, you have a good one. You know, it's funny because out of, I think I just, re- I'm going to be releasing my 25th episode here soon. So out of, this is, this will be my 26th. All right. So that's the first time that shit's ever happened. <laughs> I swear to God. I'm, the, I'm unique, man. I, <laughs> you bring it. You bring yeah. it. <laughs> I bring the distraction. That's- This podcast is brought to you by the letter C, which stands for cannabis, but not Chris. That starts with a K. That's right. You are listening to nothing other than... Canisations with Chris. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Canisations with Chris. I'm your host, Chris, and what we like to do on this podcast is talk about what's going on in the cannabis community and what we can do to help because this is what this episode is about. It's about helping because we've seen like a lot of people in our community come up with a lot of damage, flood damage and stuff like that. And we're not getting the assistance that we need. So I have somebody on that's going to be talking a little bit about that. And so I do believe that our first time meeting was at the Zen Barn, right? That's it. That yeah. is, oh, yes. Yeah. I didn't know if we met. We seen each other in Nikan, the last Nikan. Yeah, yeah. But the first time we met was at Zen Barn. Yeah. A lot of my interactions that I've met with people has started at the Zen Barn. <laughs> hey, so thank you, Zen Barn. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate y'all. And that uh, is not a paid advertisement. Yeah, it's not. No, it's not. It's genuine. <laughs> <laughs> so I first met this gentleman at, uh, in, at the Zen Barn, and... It was so much going on that day. And I remember you was telling me that you was a part of legislative and you're going to be trying to help change everything. But then I ended up talking to like, I think you were like the first two people I talked to. And then I started meeting everybody else. And sometimes when I meet a lot of people, usually the first couple of people I lose, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I lose yeah. track. So, but before we get there, I apologize for that. But I'm glad the universe is the universe because I've been talking to other people, like, you know, with Dusty. And he was like, oh, you want to you wanna do that? Well, here, let me send out this text. And, oh. and I was like, I don't know this guy. I was like, maybe I met him. I don't know. Gave my address. Come on up. And when he pulled up, I was trying to get some yard work done. Just keeping myself busy until he pulled up. And then when I seen him, I was like, hey, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, we have Todd Bailey from Crav. Crav. From Crav, which is Cannabis Retailers Association of Vermont. Cannabis Retailers Association of Vermont. Thank you for coming out to the show. I greatly appreciate it. You came from Winooski. Winooski. So. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty damn sunny out, so it's nice. It's a nice drive, right? <laughs> it's all good. That's good. Well, well, Todd, once again, thank you for coming up. Um, appreciate you. So, won't, can you tell you know the listeners about who Todd is? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me, man. It's nice to be in your home and talking all things cannabis and absolutely. cannabis policy and. Yeah, I remember meeting you as well at the Crav kickoff at Zen Barn, actually. And I think we talked about two things, and that was cannabis policy and basketball. And, and basketball. <laughs> uh, basketball, like the state of Vermont, brings everybody together. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small, tight community, and uh, it is a nice thing about Vermont. You know, you, you and I, 
we connected, we parted, but the way things work in Vermont in a small state like this is we always come back together because we have mutual interest in wanting to see things happen. So I appreciate this opportunity to talk about those things. Absolutely. Yeah, so Cannabis Retailers Association of Vermont right now, our primary interest is still recovery from the flood. We do a lot more than just that. So let me let me park the higher calling effort that we have undergoing right now and talk a little bit about the association and Absolutely. what we do. I serve as the executive director. We have a board of directors as well. There are seven members. They're all retailers. They own retail shops in state of Vermont from as far south as Bennington to right up here in your neck of the woods in Cambridge. And uh, the primary focus of our work is to really represent the entire industry and their interests. And we do that in a number of different ways. One is to really provide them better professional services than they would get out on their own. Uh, Mm -hmm. For instance, healthcare benefits for them and their employees. We pull all those resources together and try to get that be less expensive for their businesses so they can save more money and either put that in their pockets, their employees' pockets, the community's pockets, whatever that looks like for them. But it's also about hiring a lobbyist and representing our interests in the state house and making sure that the legislature and the governor are paying attention to the things that we think will make the cannabis industry stronger, make the cannabis community stronger, and really therefore benefit the entire state of Vermont. Being able to bring everyone together and and pull those resources allows them to spend less to get more in the state house to represent Mm -hmm. their their interests and change the policies that need to be changed, and there are many of them. We're certainly going to get into that, I'm sure. Yeah, that's what I was – that was going to be my next question. Can you give some examples of, you know, on the outside – you know, as a consumer, you don't really pay attention to the laws. Mm -hmm. You know, you – I just want to go buy a joint or I want to, you know, something like that. So we really don't pay attention to what's going on. So can you speak about, you know, some of the things that are trying to be changed in the cannabis industry? Yeah, absolutely. And it's true. It's like when you when you talk to people, whether they live here or they're coming to visiting and they go to the the local retailer, they all come out and say the same thing. Like, oh, that's expensive. Yeah. That costs a lot of money. It's more than I get at X or Y or whatever the case may be for each individual. And the, the reality is that there's a lot of factors that go into that. But the big factor that we're looking at right now are um, taxes. I mean, let's just, let's just call it what it is. And the taxes are too high. Um, they're too high as they are independently looked at in the state of Vermont, but certainly as they relate to the border states that now have programs as well. Massachusetts and Maine come to mind immediately. Mm-hmm. The way that the program is run and taxed in Massachusetts puts the southern border retailers at a significant disadvantage in this marketplace. Makes it really difficult for them to compete against their uh, competitors just across the border in the state of Massachusetts. Got to change the tax structure to be more reflective of creating a uh, productive, solid cannabis industry so that people can feel like they can still go into their retailer, get a product that they want, at a reasonable price opposed to being pushed into another state or into the black market Mm -hmm. to go find similar products. The idea of legalization is to bring everybody together in a legal market to have a productive economic engine through cannabis, the sale of cannabis, but you can't do that if you're forcing the prices to be too high to be in business to sell to consumers, whether they're Vermonters or out of state, the tourist dollars matter here, Mm -hmm. and uh, price them out of the market. If they walk in, they have sticker shock, and they don't want to see it, 
they're not going to buy it. Yeah. So we got to create a better system that's more equitable in regard to the taxes that are being charged to raise the money necessary to run a good program. It's not that there shouldn't be any taxes. You need some taxation to be able to do what the government needs to do to run a safe legal market. That said, you can do that with a lot lower taxes that will benefit the entire industry and probably still bring in just as much revenue into the state of Vermont mm -hmm. because the sales will go up. And we haven't hit that number. We're, we're missing that number. So um, you talk about THC caps, which is a yes. big issue for everybody. We worked a lot on that last year, made a little bit of headway. Um, we got a long way to go. I think you know the thing about THC caps, I think you have a strong coalition uh, in the cannabis industry to get that passed. I think there's unanimous consensus it needs to be changed. Where it needs to be changed isn't relevant right now. The fact that we know it needs to be changed is important. We probably have the support in the legislature to get that done, but the governor does not support it. It's a real problem, and that's where we need to focus our energy is to either put political pressure on the governor uh, to the point where he can't veto it or at least present the information on why it needs to be changed so he turns the corner and does support us. So we got work ahead of ourselves on that. Um, you know, we'd really like to see legal consumption lounges yes. uh, be able to have event permits so that the people in the industry... You know, we encourage people to go to a bar all the time, yeah. to be social, have a drink. Great thing. I do it all the time. Yeah. I love to go out and, you know, hang out with my friends, even meet new people, sit there, be social over a beer. We should be able to do that over a joint. Over a joint. Absolutely. It, it's funny. I think I've always thought bars were weird. Like, you know, don't drink and drive, mm -hmm. you know, but I have to go somewhere to drink and then I have to get out of there you know yeah. which i understand it is uh a like an avenue of approach like you know you come here but it's your responsibility you know after you get here yeah. to get out yeah you know and a lot of people don't come to the bar with the mentality to have an uber or have a hey what you doing friend i know you don't drink so can you go with me somewhere where i'm gonna get drunk and drive me home <laughs> you know right. um and then for on the flip side of cannabis, it's like you can't smoke and drive. You can't be in public right. and to consume or so you still have to do these things in the confinements of your home. But we this is such a social I mean, a social state, you know, like we have to it's nature. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why can't I be in the woods? with a joint as I walk through. I do feel, and that's the one thing like I do, I'm, I'm excited for that. Like everything I want y'all to push for, but for that, yeah. like it would be awesome to have a place like a cannabis bar that you can go to after work, have a, like I have the guy with the, the towel on the shoulders, shining you, cleaning up a bong. Hey, Todd, <laughs> it must be Tuesday. It's yeah. Todd Tuesdays. Here's a bong. What you want? Yeah, Which, how right. was your day? And you know what I'm saying? What type of flower are we going to be talking about today? Are we going to be consuming? Yep. You know, something like that. That would be awesome. And I feel like that would be a great tourist market. Oh. Like that would bring people from everywhere. And then I feel like they wouldn't even care about the price because they know that they're going, what they're going to do. So they're already prepared to do that. And yeah. spend that type of money. I, no, I, I think that last point is a really important one. And one I really hadn't thought about is when you get someone up here to have an experience they can't have anywhere else, because we would be the first state to have these consumption lounges. And I think we can get that done. I, I really feel confident about having that done. We have to put the 
proper parameters in place, but I think we can get there. But you're right. Like, if they are here and they're like, oh, I can do that here, but I can't do that anywhere else, they'll pay a premium to be able to do that. Absolutely. To be able to sit down and just enjoy themselves in whichever way that they choose, safely, of course. But I think, you know, the other thing that you said that rings true to me is like, how many times you sit down with the bartender and you're like, oh, what's that? Vermont beer that I never had before. Okay, yeah. well, so what's that Vermont strain that I never had before? What's new on tap? <clears throat> That's right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Where's the farm? Where yeah. is this farm that grew this? And yeah. like the the interest that it generates to have those conversations, and they're happening in the retail stores now when you're in there to buy an eighth or to buy a pre roll, whatever the case may be. But it wouldn't. Ha- it would happen at a much higher level if you're going to sit down and you can consume that right now and be yes. social with your friends meet new people too and exactly. talk about the cannabis industry talk about the cannabis community in vermont learn about what's going on and i think people would be stoked to do that you know also i would i can't wait for it to happen and then the i guess the the violence rate i guess you would call it that yeah. comes is compared to a bar fight and how many Consumption, how many lounge fights will there be? You know, because I feel like when smoking, if you have a hard day, even I, when I was a bud tender, when you have a hard day, and you can tell when people come in, you know what I'm saying? They got that that gritty look on that face, that RBF, even for men. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they come in and they, what you want? I just need to get high. Yeah. I, I had a bad day. All right, man. Well, how about we got some indicas in my life? Little, I, this is what I categorize as my wine. You know, my end of day glass of beer. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He was like, oh, that sounds good. And but after that interaction that you give them, they're very, hey, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you kind of set the standard to their bad day for the reversal. Yep. You know what I'm saying? For it to get better. So if that's, oh, man, that's going to be. That's going to be outstanding. And I think the outcome of that is so wonderful in the sense of like, I don't have a problem and there shouldn't be a problem with this um, this view that we have in our culture where the, the person that comes home from the end of the workday pours himself a bourbon. That's just normal. Like we right. don't judge that any longer. We look at that and we say, that's completely normal behavior. What, why would you even think about that? And yep. that's how we should be about cannabis. No one should even think twice about the interaction you just described it's just how people choose to end their day. And like we all at some point use some type of substance to help us just relax, to wind down from a long day. And as long as you're not abusing that substance, that is not a problem. Moderation is always best, whether it's alcohol, whether it's cannabis, whether it's anything that you choose to imbibe in, that's the way to do it. And we should be looking at it in the same cultural lens as we do alcohol. And that's where we need to be. And I think that's like a huge piece of legalization and creating an adult use market and what organizations like ours and others are really driven to do, which is to create normalization. You know, I I think about when we talk about a consumption lounge and like one of the things I hear a lot from people that come and visit and like, wow, well, it always, it smells like weed everywhere. It smells like weed everywhere. And it's like, you know, okay, that's not for everybody. Like, I I don't want to smell cigarette smoke. I don't care if people smoke, but like when I'm walking around, it's not, I'd rather not smell it. So, okay. I can, I can be down with that, but then you need to support a place for us to be able to do that, right? Like you don't want to see people drinking liquor in the street, yeah. but we have 
a place every corner to support going and doing that in a way that's not going to be in your face. So for everyone that says, I don't want to smell it in public, I hope you become an advocate for a place for us to have a place to go do it then. Exactly. That's what it sounds like. You're advocating for me. You, You know what? You're right. You're right. You don't, you shouldn't have to smell my smoke. Yeah. You shouldn't have to stand, walk down the street and smell weed because we should have somewhere to go. Exactly. And this would be the prime aspect of that avenue to get us there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's, I, I've I've seen a few complainers or I've heard them, but you know, it's okay. Well, if you don't like to breathe this air Go 20 feet that way and breathe some different air. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, it's yeah. not that bad, you know? <laughs> it's not. Um, but I do understand the complaining and having to have something for everyone. Yeah. But, you know, if that is the problem, and that problem is not going to stop. We're not going to stop smoking. We're not going to stop consuming. But what you can do is bring that area to concentration where, you know, uh, I'm going to go. I'm going down to Todd and Chris's lounge, the, yeah, yeah. the, the TK lounge, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's where we going, you know. And even I think it should be started, like, just for mine, just because I've thought about this so much. It should start as a members only, mm-hmm. you know. Like, have someone, have a, not like a secret society, but yeah. like a country club. Yeah. Like a country club aspect, you know. I always think fancy, so I'm like, man, get these motherfuckers smoking jackets. And, you know what I'm saying? What color you like? Velvet? You like the burgundy velvet? I, okay. I'm, a, I'm a burgundy velvet yeah, guy see, myself. Yeah, you know it. You, you just see that on me, huh? You know what I'm saying? Come in, the lights, the ambiance is right. Got a little, I think it should be jazzy. You don't want nothing crazy. It's an after hours. Yeah. Not an after, this is, you know, yeah. fine dining. Yeah. You know, fine smoking. You know, have a spot for us to go. You know what I'm saying? And we can have our other, mem- not members only, but, you know, some a bar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think this is the thing, right? Like, so when we talk about creating better cultural acceptance and and viewing the cannabis industry as part of our community, mm-hmm. as part of our culture, instead of something other than our culture, that's where we're driving towards. And, and the nice thing about consumption lounges or event permits that's not an issue that just the cannabis industry supports. You're going to get support from the hotel industry, mm-hmm. you know, the bed and breakfast uh, hotel folks, the restaurants, because what they want, what they want is to have a consumption lounge attached to their hotel. Absolutely. Right? So everybody that's a guest in their hotel has this place where they can go and they can consume cannabis and they can develop partnerships oh with the God. local retailer. And the local retailer can provide through that hotel with a partnership the flower, the pre-roll, whatever it is that, that the consumer is looking for, and they can be right in their hotel. And just like they go to the hotel bar and they do whatever they do in a hotel bar now, they can still do in a hotel bar and then they can have a joint. That's crazy. And that's the way that it should be. And that's one of the reasons I feel good about being able to accomplish some of these things next year yeah. is because they are starting to uh, gain support with more quote unquote traditional businesses in the state because they see the value in it and they accept it. And you know, it's not something every hotel is gonna wanna do, but a hotel or a a local inn, an Airbnb, not an Airbnb, a regular B&B, they should have the option to do that. And if they choose to do it, then they choose to do it. I kinda had that, I might delete this part out just because it was my idea and I don't want none of these motherfuckers taking my idea. (laughs) And it's a place like a, 
consumption lounge, yep. you know, within a confined a private area. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's 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 about it's it, we we need that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We definitely do. I can go on about this shit for hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know it's it's um we, it is there's a lot to talk about and yeah. it is exciting because I think it it's possible one yes. i don't like if i'm if i'm ranking these things of what's possible not what should happen but what's possible i'd say mm-hmm. thc caps are like something that should absolutely happen but on the possible scale it's a lot lower yeah on the possible scale for events or consumption possible scale way up way possible and the benefits to the industry huge right yes. like you can you reasonable people can disagree about which one would benefit the industry more THC caps or or uh, consumption lounges and events. Um, so okay, so let's have that debate. Like let's say they're you know oh I I put the consumption lounges at a nine out of ten and THC cap at a ten a, a ten or flip them around whatever yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Like we can get this done. Okay, and let's get it done. And that doesn't mean fight any less hard for THC caps because that is a problem. But you now, also have to be pragmatic. What what it, once again. Just playing. What is the problem with THC caps? What's the? I know the thirty percent. Yeah, you know that's capped at thirty percent. But I know there's a lot of different um, other caps as well. So what's the? What kind of caps are y'all trying to remove? <laughs> <laughs> well, so as as far as I understand it, I would I would describe it in a nutshell like this, and this is really boils down to consumer choice right so there are products that the consumers want that they simply cannot get at a retail store absolutely so when that happens a consumer is going to seek them out in other places so they're being driven to another state or to the black market to get those products because they are not adequate for their needs Mm -hmm. Um, and when that happens we weaken the entire industry and so Mm. you know what the number is like in my role as the executive director I don't I'm not going to quibble about what the number is or where the cap should be because that's not my role. I leave that role up to the retailers who know what they're hearing from the people that mm-hmm. they talk to every day about what they want. Um, and I just go and I try to provide strategic direction in the legislature to get that done so that we can provide better products to the consumer and, and create a better market for the entire state of Vermont. So mm-hmm. on that, I just want to like, I want to say like, for your listeners so they understand my background i was a lobbyist in the state of vermont for 20 years Mm. so i've spent more hours in the vermont legislature in the state house in this state than i could even ever tally up um the good thing about that and the beneficial thing about that to the entire industry is i still have a lot of relationships with people that are in elected office i know a lot of those people I know how the state house functions and the legislature functions and how you get things done and you don't get things done. And so being able to provide some of that insight from the experience that I have, I think has helped people learn and understand about how to approach getting the changes that they want. Yes. It doesn't mean you pick different things that you want or what your goals are. It's just, oh, okay, I, I see now, like I'm asking for this thing, whatever it may be, and we're not going about it the right way. That's not how the. That's not how you get the legislator. That's not how you get legislators to react to your needs. That's not how you get them to do what you're asking them to do. And I think the cannabis industry as a whole needs to take a step back and understand that dynamic. That if they really want to get these things, are they? The question is, do you really want to get these things done, or 
are you trying to promote your organization and your own selfish goals? Agenda. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. so if you want to get things done, I can tell you right now for certain that you're going to get more things done if you look like you're in the back of the room not getting the spotlight. And mm -hmm. when you're trying to get the spotlight is when you're not going to get things done. Because that's not what legislators are looking for. We're not looking for that. Yeah. No. The legislators are the spotlight. Yeah. And you need to get provide them an opportunity to shine in that spotlight. And you get no attention. You get no credit. As a lobbyist and somebody that's done some huge issues to small issues to everything in between, you never get credit. Ever. And if you're seeking credit, you're not going to win. Mm. It's not how you win. That's awesome. That's great, man. I'm glad you... I don't know what you've worked on or what you've done because I've only been here for 10 years. But I will say, you know, it's great that people are out there that don't care about the credit. It's more of we need things done for the community. We need things done for the county, the, the state. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it's awesome that there is people out there that it's not looking for the credit. They're looking for the change. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate that, man. Yeah, no, thank you. And I will say there's there's a lot more people that behave that way, mm -hmm. that they don't care. Like mm -hmm. a, There's a lot of people out there that are just like, I don't need the spotlight. I don't need the attention. I don't need the credit. I just want to get things done. Yeah. The problem is, and it's, it's true, you know, you grow up, you hear it, one bad apple ruins it for the bunch. Well, let me tell you, that is so true to this day that that's what happens. Even when there's a hundred people all with the right intentions, one person can ruin that in the legislature with the wrong intentions. And so it is incumbent upon all of us to really try to work together and bring a unified voice when we can. We're not all going to agree on everything. That's okay. You can have disagreements. But what you can't have is someone trying to be bigger than the issue. Mm. And those are two different things. <laughs> be bigger than the issue. Mm -hmm. That's great. Hey, so before we continue on, I would like to ask you to put a sticker on the table. I see you got the, the craft sticker because this is the counter table. Man. <laughs> been all things weed on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I, lo I love this tradition. I appreciate being part of it. Absolutely, man. Yeah, and I, lo I like seeing so many of the folks that, that we've worked with, you know, the especially like Monica at uh, Hetty and, and uh, Callie and Alan at Onward. Uh, Will over there at Canna Planners. You can't go anywhere without seeing Will. Man, you can't go <laughs> anywhere without seeing that man. Yeah, no kidding, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Will's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah I want to fill this table up. I want to get it. I feel like once this table gets filled, it'll be time for the next step in in canisation. So we're slowly making the transition. But hey, wherever you want to, this this your canvas, baby. It's my my canvas. Your canvas. All right. Well, I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna reach. I'm gonna keep it simple right here, right that's in front good. of me. Yep. The sticker is down, folks. <laughs> hey, that's great. Thank you, man. No, thank you. Let's talk about what's going on on the 15th and 16th of September. I know Kravis has something planned for the people in Vermont. So Yeah, absolutely. So for the have, flood victims, rather. Yeah. yeah, we have a music festival called Higher Calling. Uh, it's planned for September 15th and 16th at Pransky Farm in Cabot. 
And really, we were planning this music festival long before the flooding happened on July 10th. But then when the flooding happened and impacted so many within the cannabis community, we kind of shifted gears and decided that this would be a fundraising event to try to raise money for them. And, you know, I think we're six weeks past the point when flooding occurred. And, you know, it's just human nature, not criticism. Like people move on. Like we got to we got all of our own lives going on. And like I live in Winooski. I didn't get impacted by the flooding at all. I used to live in Montpelier, so I'm tight with that community. So, you know, I saw the damage there. Capital Cannabis, the uh, retail shop in town, they got hit. So we we really felt like this focus had to be on relief and doing everything that we can to support the cannabis community, the entire industry. Even though our name is the Cannabis Retailers, we have affiliate members that are in every sector of the industry, from cultivators to manufacturers to labs. And we want to support everybody. Like, this is a community. This is not just like, we're not trying to be in competition with anyone. We want to help everyone. And so all the money that we raise for the higher calling effort will go to support cannabis businesses. And the way that that's going to work is we kind of have two efforts going on right now. We have high call, higher calling uh, pre-rolls that are in retail shops now. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are pre-rolls that you can get for either a contribution or purchase. And 100% of the funding that's generated through the sale of those pre-rolls is going to go in this higher calling fund for cannabis businesses. We're hoping, you know, based on the number of pre-rolls that we made, we might be able to raise between forty dollars and $50,000 total, you know, that's, fingers crossed. Yeah. And then the higher calling music festival on the 15th and 16th, we are seeking sponsors for that event. And assuming we can cover all the expenses with the sponsorship money, all the additional sponsorship money will go into that fund as well. So if the higher calling music festival is 20 grand to put on and we raise a hundred grand from sponsorships, that's another 80 that'll go in. I don't, that's, that's just, just imagination numbers. numbers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they are there. Oh, this is what I'm getting. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Calm down. Yeah. He's just using the numbers as examples. As an example. So people understand yeah. that anything that exceeds the expense side is going into Um, funding for higher calling as well. And then a minimum of 50% of the ticket sales are going to go into the fund as well. And we're hoping, you know, we're, we're based on the lineup we have, and we have a tremendous lineup. The talent that we have coming to play at this festival over two days is fantastic. The Motet and La Special on Friday night. The Motet is a huge West Coast band, not as big on the East Coast, but they sell out Red Rocks like in, in Boulder. Like this is a big... He's a big band. They're really good. They're really talented. So hopefully, you know, people come out and listen on Saturday. It's all day music going all day from local bands like Nowhere Washington and Western Terrestrials, folks that I'm super friendly with. They're right out in Montpelier or, or down in Sharon, Washington. Local guy's going to kick off the show, uh, bring a little Vermont flavor to it. And then <clears throat> from there, it's like Gangster Grass, Gentleman Brawler, Superman, La Lovo, the lineup is really awesome. And so I'm hoping people will come out, enjoy the show. And the more people that show up, the more money that we're going to be able to give to the cannabis businesses that were impacted. So you can find out more information at our website, which is crvt.org. If you just look right up top, it says higher calling. That'll take you there. That'll take you to the ticket site. If you're someone that doesn't like to do more than one click, you can just Google higher calling Vermont seven days. We're using the local media outlet to sell our tickets. We're trying to keep as much of this money in Vermont, generated by Vermonters. Obviously, we want everybody in Maine and Massachusetts, New Hampshire to come to the festival. Yeah. But we're trying to you know, get as much support in state as we can for our brothers and sisters in the cannabis community that were impacted in Vermont by that flooding. 
so yeah, we're pumped. We're pumped. I just want to say again, Pransky Farm in Cabot, Dave Pransky, it's his farm. I'm heading out there after I do this show with you to take a look to figure out how to set up the 420 village, which we're really excited about. Ooh, yeah, that sounds uh, nice. It's gonna be nice. I like villages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm trying not to be the village idiot that night. So, well, I'm do what I we mean, can. I'll do it. <laughs> Somebody has to be. <laughs> <laughs> Damn straight. I'm pretty sure there will be enough. Enough of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's 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 the hope. Good, that's, clean, fun. That's it. But we're really psyched. We're really appreciative of Dave too. Like his space is is supposed to be awesome. He had, you know, Dave had the Jerry Jam scheduled for the weekend after the flooding. He had to cancel that show. He's got a sh- another show coming up. But it sounds like a fantastic venue. This is the first time I'm gonna see it in person. But everybody I speak to speaks very highly of it. Yeah. And then. I would be remiss if I did not thank Noah Fishman from Zen Barn and Zen Barn Farms because his expertise in planning musical events and festivals is invaluable to me because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. (laughs) I am just here trying to organize and raise money and get sponsorships. And if I didn't have his help and his team's help to get the talent, to understand who's a draw, to put all these pieces together, which let me tell you, if you've never planned a music festival... There is a lot of moving pieces. It's a difficult thing to pull off, especially a two-day festival with this number of bands and this this much talent. And we just wouldn't be there without Zen Barn's support. That's good. Zen Barn, Zen Barn has been a peaking topic in, in our conversations. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, it seems like they, you know, for the music festivals and the kind of the kind of talent they brought in, like they brought in the Hemper Sativa. I was there and it it was crazy that that event space that they have was holding that much of a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It was people they had. I can't remember the band before, but that uh, one, I know one of the dudes, Patty, he was up there playing with them, and he, they set the standard. And then the band came out, and they just elevated a little bit more. And I'm the type of person that can take myself out of what's going on to see what's going on because I was with the vibe too, you know what I'm saying? But then you have to like, damn, it's really something special going on right now that I'm a part of, you know what I'm saying? So absolutely, Zinborn, you know what I'm saying? They've been doing it. (laughs) I I think too, it's like, you know, it's centrally located. Uh, They got a great event space, so they have music not at their retail shop, but at their Zen Barn. Yeah. And then Zen Barn Farms, and they got a whole thing, the whole vibe going on in that community. And yeah, they're doing really good work, That's really, good. really exciting stuff. And then, um, you know, we just we're we're all about inclusivity, and you know, trying to bring all the voices together to to really, I we we feel like, and we believe the best approach is you bring everybody in like a family. You have your differences, you have your squabbles, and you come out of that better than you were before. And That's right. You know, that's our approach to making a better, helping build a better cannabis industry. Hear their perspective and let the masses decide, right? We're a democracy. Everybody in our group gets a a vote and we like to include everyone. And that's how we're approaching higher calling, same exact way. We want everybody there. We want everybody to participate. And we would really love to see as many people as possible show up to that show and enjoy themselves. Like, this is a thing, like, you know, we hear a lot about, oh, that's a big event and... You know, you're going to be able to pull it off and like, is that really the best way to raise money? And these are all valid questions. Like it's like you got to have a conversation about these things. But part of healing after disaster Mm. is blowing off steam too. That's right. Man, you got to throw a good party. You got to like give people an opportunity 
to just go out and have a good time and forget about all the bullshit. Forget about all the noise and the headache and the chaos and the cleanup and the all the stuff that comes with recovering from a disaster and just have a good time for a weekend. Yeah. And, you know, you can do that in a lot of different ways, but we felt like go big or go home, throw a good party for everybody, try to raise as much money as, as possible for everybody so that if you were a business that was impacted or you know somebody that was impacted, you can go there, get together, and just forget about all the worries for a weekend and have part of that healing moment for Sorry. just two days before you gotta get back to worrying about your subfloor still being wet or whatever it is. Like, let's have a good time. Yeah. And you can't you can't stop having a good time because you're you're dealing with a disaster. Yeah. Life goes on, both the good things and the bad things, and this is part of recovery, and we're really proud to be part of that recovery. Yeah, that is amazing because people do need that uh, that steam blow yeah. off. I mean, you've seen it driving up the cornfields and things like that, and you're about to go through Johnson to see, but you can look at people's homes and look at people's businesses and see that since then that they've been in the trenches grinding trying yeah. to get their stuff straight trying you see piles of stuff outside of people's home you see like you know clothes i remember when it first happened it was clothes laying over mm-hmm. outside drying rugs and all types of stuff and as you weren't i wasn't either I'm, i live on the side of a mountain so like seeing it made me feel blessed you know that i was not impacted because yeah. i seen i you know it it's a trickling effect you know like people like there's restaurants that's closed had to close because they depended on the locals the locals can't spend their money yeah. eating out cuz they have to fix their life so i've you know there's businesses restaurants that's closed because of the flood that wasn't even impacted yep. you know it was like a ripple effect you know totally. and so for us or the community that that was affected to have, hey, this is for you. You know what I'm saying? We're not, this isn't, yes, this was planned before, but now we adjusted fire, and now we're making this for you. So it's good that people want to have a space just to come and have that (sighs) moment. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm good, it's fine. You know, let me listen to some good music. You know, I've been to a few festivals in Vermont, and they're live. (laughs) They are really live, you know. So I'm very excited about the Higher Calling Festival. And I'm going to be straight up with you. Like you said, a lot of these, uh, what was the first band that you said? Oh, the Motet. Yeah, the Motet. I've never heard of them. Yeah. You know, but this is, that's the one thing I love, like. I've never heard of them, but that doesn't mean you haven't heard of them. Yeah. And if you're bringing them to a festival like this, they gotta be they gotta be okay. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Like they gotta be something to them. So, you know, I'm 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 very excited. Yeah. Very excited. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll never claim to be an expert about music, but everybody I talk to about music that knows these bands are as excited about music. So, yeah. so like, I, I, I trust. I'm not one of the people that has given up on the experts. The experts That's are experts it. for a reason. <laughs> for a reason. Right? And so I know that when I turn to, to Noah and to others and I say, well, okay, is this, are these guys good? Like, is it really gonna, gonna draw people? And they say yes. And I say, okay, I trust you. Like, uh-huh. And I, I think we, you know, we gotta put that faith in people in a whole variety of ways. And, yes. Um, not turn our back on, you know, using people's knowledge and, Look, this is, this is. Uh, I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome weekend. Absolutely. I think the music's going to be super enjoyable, and 
I'll tell you, like, because it's a Friday and Saturday and I won't bore the listeners with all the details of why it ended up being that way with the motet and they got another show they got to play on Saturday. But Friday night is, you know, it's kind of light uh, with the list of bands, right? It's just two, La Special and and the motet. But, like, Saturday is going to be just a banger all day. Like, That's there's so. just one band to the next, to the next, to the next, and it's just going to be, like, different genre, still high quality. So you're going to get a little bit of everything through the weekend, which I think is an amazing way to kind of present that yeah. uh, festival for folks. You That's know, good. And, and higher calling is, is uh, um, I think there's a lot for a lot, but there's a little bit for everybody. That's, <laughs> I like the way you put that. There's a lot for a lot, but there's a little bit for everybody. Yeah. Hey, man, Todd, thank you so much for coming out, man. I greatly appreciate it. I think that what you guys are doing, not only for the community, well, yeah, for the communities, plural, you know, uh, with legislation trying to change the laws because, you know, I ain't going to get too deep into it, but, like, the laws aren't the people. They don't know what the people want. They yeah. only think that, okay, well, you can, you can have it, but you can't have too much. And You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like I like to use the analogy of, like, football sidelines versus basketball sidelines. You know, football – they're wide, you know, you can't cross this line. It's maybe like two feet, you know, but there's a lot of rules that's right in yeah. this. Only certain people can walk through here. You you know, your feet have to drag in the green before it gets to the white to be counted inbounds. It's a lot of rules in that space. But when it comes to basketball, it's very thin, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's where we're, we have to figure out where that football sideline and that basketball sideline, and we need to take a lot of those bigger sidelines and shrink them down and that's exactly what y'all doing that is it's great and we need people lobbyists that don't need the attention we need the people out there that's going to really grind hard regardless whether it's spotlight or no you know what i'm saying yeah. so i appreciate you man appreciate yeah. you coming out and talking a little bit about it and i can't wait for this uh higher calling festival 15th and 16th at Pransky Farm. Pransky Farms. All yeah. right. Yeah. Hey, y'all better be up there because it's a. I'm. You know, out of you know the motet I heard in Gangster Grass. That's how I'm. I don't know how those two go together, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to do some googling and listening before because I've never heard of that before. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I tell you, I've been I've been listening to the Gangster Grass a lot since we signed them up. Yeah, and I am into that band now. They are sweet. They're gonna, All right. yeah. Well, we gonna see. Well, once again, <laughs> talk. You tell them where to find you online and where to look you up at. Yeah, absolutely. Crvt.org is our website. You can reach me through that. You can also find out information about the services that Crav provides, as well as the Higher Calling. And again, Higher Calling Vermont tickets at seven days. Just Google seven days Higher Calling Vermont. You'll get right there. You can buy your tickets and. By the way, right now, early bird special, 10% off, Crav for VT Cannabis, and you get 10% off your tickets. Mm. So get there fast after you listen to this show next week. There's only two and a half weeks when you hear this. Game time, baby. It's game time. <laughs> it, it's it's on now. But thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Really good to be here. Uh, good. good to just chat with you and have the opportunity to reach a bunch of people, talk about the things that we're doing. So appreciate you. And Absolutely. I think by this time next year, we'll have TK Consumption Lounge up and running. I can't wait. If yeah. you need a... 
if you need anybody to talk at any of these lounges, <laughs> you know who to call. <laughs> well, once again, Todd, thank you for coming out and thank you for listening. I greatly appreciate all y'all. I wouldn't be continuing to do what I do if I didn't know nobody was listening. So I would like to thank all my listeners and people. And you know where to find me, Canisations Podcast on Instagram. Got some things coming out soon, so y'all be on the lookout once again, Todd. Thank you for pulling up. Thank y'all for listening. Y'all know the drill. Y'all stay blazing and stay amazing, and we out. That was awesome, dude. Yeah. So you playing ball anymore?